tonight. Howdy. Welcome back for Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we have special guest, Chris. And uh, we're here at Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Uh, we have here uh, owner and proprietor. Mike. Mike Ross. Mike Ross. And one of the first things we noticed when we came in, we saw the sign out front. Um, it was Las Vegas-style barbecue. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I are both born and raised out here, and uh, everybody out here has their own style of barbecue where they came from. Um, there's people from Arkansas, Texas, Memphis, all over the place. But uh, my wife and I are both born and raised out here, so we were trying to translate the beauty, the, the spontaneity, the, the, the fun of Las Vegas, and how can we put that in barbecue. So we came up with a couple little things, like Vegas is constantly changing and evolving, so every week, every time you come here, the food, the nuances in the food are going to change. We use different combinations of wood every single week. I let my staff experiment, and we use some really, really great combinations. And so uh, you have a little bit of spontaneity like that. Um, we, uh, we, we like to keep it, our presentation extremely beautiful, just like Vegas is. And um, we just took barbecue from all over the world, or all over the country, and brought it here. We have Carolina sauces. We have an Alabama white barbecue sauce. We have a traditional sauce that's about three or four different styles of barbecue all in one bottle. So, you know, we just try to take it and fuse it all together, just like Vegas is. It's a fusion of people from all over the country. Great. And you talked about the, the sauces. We know you've got a, a Carolina Reaper sauce. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the mentality behind that. Yeah, so um, we'll actually, we'll, we'll start with the base. It's called the God Sauce. Um, the God Sauce just won Best Barbecue Sauce in Las Vegas 2016, voted on by the people. Um, probably not saying much right now, but we'll take it. we got a little plaque for it. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's, we just, it's a spicier version of the God Sauce. We use the Carolina Reaper. Um, it was, I think, until about three weeks ago, the hottest pepper in the world. Um, I think someone just came out with one called Dragon's Breath that beat it, but um, so we have to change our labels now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, we not only is it cool, our cool advertising. So what we did is we took five peppers and we ate the peppers, and well, we ate so the, we ate purees. I was just saying, a very small amount yeah, of each of those peppers. Small. Yeah. So we actually timed with a stopwatch the amount of time it takes from ingestion to actually feeling it. They call it a backspice, right? Right. right. So we took five different peppers, all really hot peppers, from uh, habanero all the way up to um, up to Reaper, and timed it. <clears throat> now the Carolina Reaper pepper takes three point two seconds before you actually t- taste. The, you get the back spice, so it really gives you time to taste the food and taste the sauce before you get the spice. So not only is it good advertising, it's cool pepper, cool name, everything like that, but you, there's actually a science behind it, so we, you could actually taste a lot of the sauce before you get your butt kicked. It's, it's a great point, and, and you know, not to keep bringing up our own endeavors, we've, we've done the same thing, that's what you want. You want the flavor of the pepper to come through, and then, and then for those pepper heads that really want the heat, you've got to have it hot for them, but you want that, that kind of levels of differentiation um, it was great sauce, great sauce. Um, you know, and it, and again, same thing. You taste it, everything's fine for a few seconds, and then you start feeling it build up over time. We, we try to keep it at like a medium because uh, we don't want. We're not. It's not a novelty sauce. A lot of people. Get we call it a challenge it. sauce. It's yeah, not a challenge not, sauce. You yeah. don't have to sign a waiver. Exactly. Any any gimmicks like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good sauce that you put to, on your meat. We want yeah. you to enjoy it, and that's why we picked it because you know you can really taste the sauce and the in the meat and the smoke first. And then you get that, that that little bit of heat, you know, so. 
Right. But I'll tell you a funny story. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'll tell you a funny story because, you know, if you've obviously never been here because uh, you're the first time. <laughs> but my restaurant's about 700 square feet. That's with the kitchen. My kitchen is about 300 square feet. Wow. So when, when, we, when we clean the containers of the sauce, because we make all of our sauce in-house, um, we do about probably 20, 30 gallons of sauce a week between retail sales and this, and we make it homemade. <laughs> so it's a, it's, got, it's a big endeavor, but... So when we're washing out our pans of, with the Carolina Reaper in it, <laughs> it creates a pepper spray. Yeah, and, yeah, you, know, you have yeah, to wear yeah. masks and everything. No, well, we don't, no, we don't well okay, so you, much, you guys are ballers because yeah. I, I, yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> the, steam, <laughs> the steam creates this this mist. And I, one time I made the mistake of doing it while there was people in the restaurant, and everyone started coughing and crying and left. And so we don't do that anymore. We make the sauce about four o'clock in the morning now. <laughs> Have you ever made the mistake? Of, do you not wear gloves when you were testing it out, at least? Yeah. And no, I, no. one time I did that with with, with some peppers, and I, I literally just brushed my forehead. Yeah. And for hours, my forehead yeah, was on fire. Yeah. We've been pretty careful with it, you know. So and yes. I'll just stop there. <laughs> yeah, 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 we, yeah. We could go in a lot of directions. Um, go back a little bit, uh, actually, Andrew. I think you may may add a question. Yeah. Well, the one thing that struck me about the whole presentation, the food, and everything was how much thought is put into everything that's on the menu, um, which is really impressive. We're starting to see that more in Texas now, where you know a lot of places are going away from the meat market style, getting more involved in quality sides and really thinking about everything that goes on the plate. And it was really good to see that outside of Texas because we tend to not see that. Um, one thing that we thought was really great, and we immediately ordered it when you told us about it, was you have a what you're calling a barbecue mash, which is a mashed potato with a with a butter that you guys smoke on the pits. Yeah. Um, what was what was the brainchild behind that? How did that come to pass? Um, you know what? I'll I'll just be honest with you guys. A lot of my names and my recipes came after about. 12 of those cores that are on the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got my creative juices flowing like, oh, you know what? This sounds great. And uh, usually bad decisions are made when you're drinking, but I actually had a quite a good, quite a few winners <laughs> happen. No, like, it's a great way. Yeah, and, and we'll go down yeah. some of the menu items yeah, in a minute. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm like, man, you know what? This would be amazing. It's just, you know, if we smoke the butter, really get some smoke flavor in the butter, and then we put our homemade beef rub in it, we freeze it, and then we use that to make that in the corn, um, and uh, and you know the same thing with our with our meats. We don't put sauce on our meats. I don't know if you tasted it. Everyone thinks there's oh, yeah. sauce on the meat, but there's not actually sauce. We actually have a sauce that's pork drippings and a so- and not a sauce, but we actually take the pork drippings and we take the beef drippings. We season them and we put that back on top of the meat. Like so a jus, like a jus, a seasoned jus, a seasoned yeah. jus. So it's not actually a sauce on top of the meat. We're actually reinstating the natural uh, meat flavors instead of loading it with barbecue sauce, which I. You know, I'm not, I love sauce, and I don't really get the sauce haters. I know a lot of there's a lot of those in yeah. Texas. Yeah. Uh, look, we're from Texas, and there's a place for sauce. Yeah. Okay, it's a it's a uh, one person keeps telling us it's a billion dollar business. We don't know if that's that's factual or not, but it's a huge business, right? No, and and it adds as long as it's complementary to what you're doing, and and you guys don't just cover it in sauce and cook it in sauce to begin with. Yeah, so exactly. it's definitely an option there. Yeah. You know, that, I, that we get a lot of we get a lot of people, especially on social media, that see a, see the glaze on the ribs and you know that's our style of barbecue. We get that there's certain places that don't do it, but you know, barbecue sauce is be faced. It's a billion dollar industry and it's that for a reason. You know, people love barbecue yeah, sauce, right. you know. Absolutely. And so that's just a way we fuse everything. So instead of actually using barbecue sauce like maybe Kansas City and Carolina on your meat 
we kind of took the best of it, both worlds between Texas and Carolina and seasoned the actual beef drippings. So that's how we did the fusion in our meat, which is what we're trying to start here in Vegas, the Las Vegas style barbecue, which we've trademarked actually in three different <laughs> very ways. Very smart, actually, very smart. BBQ, yes. B A R C U E, and Q U E. So literally, no one can say that without paying me one day. <laughs> but that was our way of creating something new. Was you know, let's do a little hybrid between actually putting our sauce meats on the sauce and putting the jus back on the sauce, and that's what we came up with. I think that was a really smart idea. Um, that I haven't seen anyone really do that. Um, one thing that that struck us as really unique is you guys are using beef back ribs. Um, in Texas, beef ribs have become a really big thing the last few years. Um, the plate ribs and the chuck short ribs have just dominated Texas barbecue menus. They're Instagram worthy. You see them all over the yeah. giant rib and everything like that. The dinosaur ribs, but I haven't seen back ribs used a whole lot in barbecue. Um, and so it was a really interesting order for us because we never see it, but it actually has a really good flavor. It's a different flavor from from the chuck rib. Very different. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely got. A, I I, think, I would say a more concentrated beef flavor. I wouldn't call it gamey. It's a beef flavor, but it's not that over. I mean, the one I, I won't call a bad thing about the plate ribs and the chuck ribs, the fat content makes it very hard to eat a whole lot of it. You know, you you, you get a beef rib and you're splitting it with three people. You're not going to order a beef rib and just eat it by yourself. But and this typically, the beef ribs are seasoned in Texas anyway, heavily with pepper. Louis Miller does nine to one pepper to salt ratio on their uh, on their brisket and ribs. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about some barbecue things, but no, I mean that they're they're advertised and they're on the record for that. Uh, but you know, so it's it's always that typical flavor, and these don't have that heavy pepper flavor, which they don't need. They've got the au jus on them as well, which adds another level of, of flavor to that too. Well, we have a. There's a simple reason why we don't use bat, uh, short ribs here. Is uh, and I'm sorry, it's not as thoughtful as you think it is. They're just really expensive. Like let's be honest, you know, in those places in Texas, they're charging 25 bucks for feet per bone. You know. Yeah. Now we do do actually, meat. it's much more than that. So yeah, exactly. Um, you're you're up to uh, anywhere from thirty dollars a pound yeah. at the high end yeah. to to twenty twenty five dollars per pound. And of course, on a plate rib, you're looking at a pound and a half. Yeah, so exactly. Kind of a forty dollar rib. It's, like, it's a steakhouse yeah. order at this. So yeah. we 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 use back ribs because we can use them in our meat combos for just a slight upcharge. Well, I was about to say. I mean, that, that's that's a huge thing is that you can actually get a beef back rib as part of your two meat three yeah, meat exactly. plate, which is great. But we, we do do short ribs, and I'll tell you, the short rib. If I could throw one thing on the smoker my whole entire life, it would be beef short ribs. I love 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 them. But, again, we do it a little bit differently. And, actually, if you see you turn your face right there to the uh, Fox 5 thing right there, best beef short ribs in the city, we do amazing, amazing beef short rib. And that, that was actually against five other, the top barbecue restaurants in Las Vegas that we won that and that first place trophy right there. But whatever. I digress. <laughs> uh, well, and, and you, kind of wall, names, you do have a wall of trophies. And yes. you've got a lot of trophies from back... Uh, I, I think we've talked maybe before we started recording about doing some competition yep. before you got into this, and, and definitely you've had some background there as well yeah, I got in competition. So tell us a little bit about the transition from competition to retail barbecue and, and how that flows and kind of what you've had to change. Yeah. Um, you know what? I tried to change very little because you know, um, I don't have a lineage of barbecue. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these guys, you know, they started from their parents, and you know, they've been going forever and generations and generations. Well, I don't really have that. I kind of taught from, I was taught from, self-taught, and um, so I know how to cook barbecue one way, and that's how, to, and that's the competition standard. 
And now I, I don't use the, like I, as I mentioned earlier, competition barbecues turned into a, a big science experiment, in my opinion. And we don't use in nearly, or we don't use any of the chemicals that they do. But, you know, we still, you know, we, we inject our pork. You know, we take these little steps. We wrap. We don't leave stuff in the smoker the whole time. We wrap it. You know, we, you know, we do these little steps to maintain that perfect, perfect uh, texture all the time and not over smoke things because we're, we're, we appeal to the masses and some people don't like it some people do. People rather have it right, if I can get it right in the middle, then I can appeal to everybody and that's kind of where I, where I sit. I, I don't, and uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Right, and that's I, I think that's the way you kind of have to do it, especially in a retail situation. Because we've said it a thousand times, if you if you cook only for yourself, you end up eating it by yourself most of the time. I mean, you can't just cook the things that you like to eat. You have to find out what your community likes, what they will pay for, what they won't pay for. Um, has there been anything that you've had on the menu, maybe in the early days, that wasn't as successful as you thought it would be, and and you had to make a change or an alteration, or has the menu been? Pretty standard from day one. But the menu's been very standard because it's it's small. We call I call it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'll say it anyway. So I call it the In and Out standard because In and Out Burger they do one thing. They do it amazing. They've been around for 70, 60 years, and they're one of the top companies in the world. You know, I think in a way, but they may as well be. To my my book, they are. And you know, they're so consistent. They do everything. Every I've never been in In and Out Burger, and I go there three times a week, <laughs> and at least. And uh, and it's always been the same. It's always been amazing. And so we try to keep our menu small. We try to keep it consistent. And we try to add little fun things and specials and here and there. And we've added a couple of things, but I've never. I don't think I've ever taken. I've took. I've, I've took very little off, if, if nothing at all, actually. But we just added the dish called the Maniac Fries probably last year. Hey, let's um, yeah, talk about the maniac fries. Yeah, uh, Chris, yeah. Chris, uh, you got any comments on those? Well, the waffle fries are great. The uh, mac and cheese blended in with that was awesome, and I mean the hot links, perfect touch to that too. I mean, just so great. let's talk about that. I mean, it sounds like another um, uh, you know beer night invention, but um, <laughs> <It was. laughs> you know, yeah. and and you know to be honest, you know the crunch of the waffle fries. You, know, you serve the waffle fries fresh, which is good because you get the texture. The crunch of a fresh, freshly fried item versus something that's been sitting out yes. under a heat lamp. Um, talk about the, um, you know, the hot links is in particular since it's in there. Uh, when you talk about the, the maniac fries in general, and then and then your hot links and where you source those, or at least how you source those. You don't have to tell us the secret of where. No, it's not. Um, it's just we we just did a sampling of a whole bunch of places, and uh, they were just the ones that I picked, and uh, that's that was pretty much it. They're just they're. Uh, they come. I know they come from. A distributor gets them. I'm not sure where in, in town they come from, but they just that's where they come from us. I'm, I'm, nothing really special to say about them. They're just really good. I picked them out of a list about of about 15 or 16 different brands, and uh, I just know that they're made here. And that's what I wanted. My buns are fresh baked here. They're everything. Everything I get is I try to source local. That's obviously not the meat because you know we can't get that stuff. But. Um, um, yeah, and that, that's, that's yeah, so let's go down kind of the, the menu a little bit. That that's a unique item, um, and, and I think you put some sauce or something on top yeah, of so it. Yeah, so that's well. that's the brisket, the, the the beef dripping sauce, and then on top of that is the Alabama white barbecue sauce, mm-hmm. which is uh, Big Bob Gibson's uh, claim to fame, one of their claim to fames. Um, we we took that sauce and kind of made it our own, and it's very. Very slim. You don't see it in Vegas too often. You don't see it in Texas where we're yeah, from. So very often. Again, that was just our way of bringing uh, different things for different people around. You know, so yeah, that, that's a, that's a really. I, great I think story. it's very complimentary to you know you've got the, the mac and cheese and the richness of the mac and cheese, 
and, and then the salt and pepper and some of the other seasonings on the brisket, plus the Alabama white yeah, sauce. It, it's a shoe. meal. I mean, you could sit down and eat that oh, and yeah, have a full totally. meal out of it yeah. and, you know, and be completely satisfied, and you're getting a little bit of everything, which is part of the reason why we ordered this, because it gives us a chance to sample the menu, yeah. you know, while not being complete and total fatties. But uh. <laughs> well, my, my newest creation is uh, called the McDowell's I, I spotted yeah. that, yeah. and we just didn't have the room in our, in our <laughs> yeah. stomach. But I did. So, so tell us about your McDowell's McRib. So there's a movie reference behind it. Yes, I know uh, that movie. Everybody knows it, okay? Yeah. Um, and, and it is for whoever's listening. It's, it is spelled M I C, just to, just so, for the record, so that, we, so that the name doesn't have to change to the cease and desist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically we take the take the ribs and we pull the bones out, um, and uh, and from there it's just classic. We put sauce, we put pickles, mm-hmm. put the uh, the boneless baby back on top, uh, a little bit of the god sauce, onions, and our fresh baked bun. So we basically just took the Mixed out uh, the, the the original sandwich and made it quality, as quality as you're going to get here, which is uh, some of the best ribs around here, that's for sure. Right, and you said that uh, you know there's there's not a whole lot of barbecue here in Las Vegas, especially not pit smoked style barbecue. Um, has it been like what are the regulations for barbecue here? Because in Texas, there's a whole lot that keeps a lot of people from being able to cook barbecue, you know, on an offset pit. With smoke outside, have the you know are the Vegas rules and regulations easy as far as being able to do what you need to do and smoke outside? Because we've had a lot of pitmasters that we've talked to that have just had a whole lot of red tape they've had to get through just to actually make their products. All right, well I have a couple answers to this. <laughs> you can blame for your problem and their problem. You can blame Austin <laughs> right. because it's all coming from the people in Austin. Of course, okay. We, we, we like to blame Austin. Yes, for a lot exactly. Of things, so. And now here we blame California. <laughs> yeah, because all the California people are migrating here, and all the regulations are just getting more and more insane every day. And you know, the last legislative session just stopped, and it's just full of just really insane things that they're making. They're going to start making restaurants do or they want to do, and it's just the same way. You know, you get these little hot pockets of uh, over regulators, <laughs> and then it wrecks the whole state. <laughs> and so, yeah, but right, I, I, I smoke outside. We have a barbecue permit. Um, that we're allowed to smoke outside, and um, we customize our smoker to be able to uh, fit volume while still maintaining consistency or, or uh, uh, quality. Whereas a lot of our competition just kind of went indoor, natural gas, still using great wood. But you know, if you do a little bit of research on smoke science, there's different size molecules that combine, that combust, and you know, for natural gas, electric, you know, just stick burners. And you know, so, so we like to say that we're still we're still doing it as as classic as possible by trying to again trying to keep up with our volume without going indoor natural gas, which is what a lot of people have done around, especially here. I don't know about out there, but definitely here. So early on, you talked about woods and experimenting with the woods. Obviously, you're out here in the in the bleeding desert in 110 degrees. It's not like Texas where we can go get post oak just around the corner. Tell us a little bit about. It. The, the difficulties for sourcing your wood, and then how you've experimented with wood and the, and the impact on the flavors here. Yeah, so uh, we get our wood from a website um, that all of the world champions get their wood from. I'm pretty, or at least a lot of them, um, and uh, we get it sourced in. It's really, really good wood, and uh, we do we do different combinations. Uh, the fav- our favorite's been. Um, Anything with grape wood, which 
It's just a phenomenal smoking wood. If you've never is had that to it. Primarily from California? Uh, or is that I, I'm not sure, but this, this wood, let me tell you. So picture one log of wood that's three quarters fruit and one quarter mesquite all in one log. Like, it, that's, wow. what, that's the nuances that it gets. And uh, that's, that's one of our favorites. We've used everything peach pot, citrus. Well, with, with that grape wood, what do you smoke? Is it beef or pork? We, we do everything with really, it. Really, everything. everything. Interesting, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a really, really great wood. Uh, I'll try it some here to show you. <laughs> I'll show you. We're not using it right now. But um, it's a really great wood. And, uh, and, and <clears throat> it's, there are nuances. And for the most part, people really, I doubt anybody ever notices that that much and it pays that much attention to the different little things that we do but you know it's unfortunately that there's sometimes weird people like us in yeah well, <laughs> and we absolutely appreciate it because there's like you said i mean it's not just the science to it um andrew and i were were beneficial we went to barbecue camp if you've ever heard of that in texas uh, through uh, food waste texas and actually if, if you get online and, and join food waste and look at that the food waste texas and texas a&m um they do a they do a, a barbecue camp in the summer and they do a brisket camp um, in January, usually. And yeah, I mean, barbecue camp and brisket camp, definitely something, even for people in the business, it's great. You get to see um, from beginning to end uh, the building itself that it's held in. Um, they have a harvesting facility, and, and it's the entire process, which is great. Um, now, let's talk, uh, we're, we're talking about the woods. You talked about the grape wood. Um, you know, again, in, in Texas, it's a little bit easier, but... As you said before, you experimented with the woods. Is there anything uh, you'd like to tell people or any kind of wood knowledge? Um, you know, the wood expert, wood whisperer here, but, uh, <laughs> but it's great that you're experimenting with it because, again, in Texas, um, you, you know, post oak and different versions of oak, uh, pecan, mesquite is, is pretty much the primary ones. Any, any, a little bit of hickory here and there you'll every see. Every once in a while, hickory maybe for chicken or, or something that's cooked fast. Um, this is actually the first time that I've heard anybody using grape wood. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the mixes of wood or, or what you've learned. Um, you know what? I, honestly, I haven't really learned much. I just tasted a lot of different combinations. And I, I'm i a big fruit wood kind of, kind of guy. I know it's not really too big in Texas, but I don't think in a way it's right. And not for beef. Just for, for general, pork, it's yeah. really, to me personally, I, I feel like the fruit woods really affect your pork and chicken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's why we, they don't that's why we blend because... Uh, I would love to do separate batches, but not going to happen in my volume. <laughs> so that's why we do blends, and that's why I love the I, I love the, using the grape wood, um, which financially is that is that more expensive? It is, and, and, it that, is and that's a key thing. So again, you know, you're a small business and you're doing this, but you're going to take the extra effort to pay the money for something mm -hmm. because you feel, and, and and certainly we feel, it does change the flavor, and that's great. Well, and that's the thing, is that, so I think that a lot of, uh, and I've seen a lot of barbecue restaurants come and go in this city, and very quick, you know, we've almost lasted two years in a very, very high failure rate in Las Vegas for restaurants, and, uh, and we're still thriving really well, and there's two things that I think a lot of people's places forget, they try to save money on, their, on wood and charcoal, and they try to save money on bread and cut back, you know. And to me, I'm not exact opposite. I I, I want to make sure my two most important things, you know, my sandwiches are good. I need good. I need the best bread I can find. Well, and, you, and you mentioned, right? You went to the extra effort. You know, in, in Texas, we've got the meat market style, which which is grocery store bread, and that there's a tradition, and there's there's certainly a, a niche that makes sense for that. What we're seeing is kind of this renaissance, or, or not really a revival, but more of a renaissance, where they're using craft breads. They're making their pickles from scratch. Um, as you said, obviously your sauces—they're going to the extra effort on the little things to set themselves apart. 
Uh, and it's great to see here as well, because like you said, it's, it's so many people can and do cut back on, yeah. but it affects the final product. I agree, 100%. Yeah, and, and uh, the same thing with the presentation, is that we were talking about the presentation of the food. And that, that's, so this is a, you're, you're fairly young, right? We're in this Instagram world, right? And lighting, I mean, we've seen restaurants that have crappy lighting, and it affects what goes out to social media, which then affects bringing in big business. So spending that extra few seconds to plate it, it's, it's a great thing to do. Very yeah. smart. Again, coming from the competition world, um, you know, presentation is a big deal for for us. It always has been, and you know, we want to reflect that on our plates, and we, we, we do a really good job of it. You know, I, we cook that food; it gets to that uh, mahogany, you know, mahogany dark red, and we take it off. You know, we want we wanted to leave it right there because it looks beautiful on the plate, and people are people don't see that. There's right. a lot of and I'm sure you know, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out, questionable stuff out there. You know, there's and a lot of great barbecue that looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. 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 we don't want to be that. We want to we want we want people people eat with their eyes first, as they say, right? Well, and, something uh, as simple as, as the, the person that's cutting the meat, you know, yeah, it gets overlooked yeah. sometimes. But it, but a, a crappily sliced or sliced with the grain yeah. piece of brisket versus something that's sliced properly can make a huge difference. Doesn't change the taste much. Yeah, it the texture a little bit, but it can change. The visuals, which then gets out, and that's advertising. Oh, I'll, advertising. I'll fire somebody if they send brisket out with the drink. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's if I went to a barbecue place and I saw that, I'm like, there's some amateurs working here. I'm sorry, that's like golden rule number one. No, we see anybody. it occasionally, not right? often, yeah, but we do. Even in Texas, oh, it yeah. happens from time to time. Yeah. Oh, or, or um, you know, slicing off the fat cap in Texas. You know, it, there's certain areas of Texas that still tend to to run that way, to where they're running very lean, slice the fat cap off, fat cap off, but. Central Texas barbecue is very typical to that, where you've got the, a nice layer of fat on there. Oh, I love it. The seasoning, and that, that's one of the great things. I love it. Let's talk about the, the name of your restaurant as well, Jesse Ray's. Um, where did that come from? That's my wife. She's uh, my inspiration. She bought me my first smoker. Uh, so, uh, well, what was your first smoker? Do you remember? Uh, well, it was Walmart, no, uh, char grill ones. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the old smoky yeah. or yeah. No, no, no. So the, the Smoky Mountain, I think you're talking. The Weber. Yeah. That's a Weber. So that that. We actually competed with the Weber Smoky Mountains for years and years. They're they're phenomenal products, but no, this is, these are char grill, um, non insulated, no baffles. Very very know, thin metals. Basically, yeah. like yeah. space for heat and space for food. Right. You know, and the heat goes like this, straight up. Yeah. You know, and so that you know, just just getting getting good on that and not finishing last in a competition on that, you know, really took a lot of work. And so when, as things got easier. You know, it was we we were just used to putting sexual. It's kind of like a it. musician, right? If you start with a, a lower end guitar exactly. and you perfect that, exactly, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a virtuoso. But as you get to a better quality yes. device to work on, it actually makes it a little bit absolutely. easier. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So then, okay. I was, was going to say one more, and we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll let you go on this one. Um, any plans for the future expansion? Like you, uh, you told us earlier. This restaurant's extremely busy for a place that holds twelve people. Well, I mean, you, get, you have four tables in here, right? Yeah, right. You know, it's, a, it's a very small restaurant. Uh, obviously, you're very successful, and you've done great a great job in this space. Are there any plans for the future to expand either this location or perhaps future locations? Yeah, so that's a it's a great question. Um, so. The, there's a Raider Stadium being built right across yeah, we, the street. We've heard about yes. that. Um, yeah. In fact, so so to kind of give people a little a little lay of the land here, you can see Mandalay Bay. Um, I can't throw a football and hit Mandalay Bay, but 
Um, you can throw a football and hit the stadium. Yeah, yeah you can throw be, a football and hit the stadium. Which, you don't want to really be move. In, cause yeah, insane right. potential yeah. going forward for but, sure. Uh, yeah. So our, our, uh, our, our future is kind of grim in my opinion. Um, so, and that's why we've been doing a lot of media, a lot of newscasts and trying to get to make, make sure that the people that are building this stadium and the, that want to develop in this area know that we're here and I'm not going to go down with a fight, without a fight. So, um, my landlord... This could be turned into a parking lot, in other words. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My landlord's been getting tons of offers on this space already and he, he's, he's been turning, he's turning them down. He owns a trucking company behind us and uh, he's been turning them down. He wants nothing to do with it. You know, it's his business and, uh, but he's already getting offers and, uh, but he's been turning them all down. But we want to coexist with the Raiders um, in the Raiders Stadium. Um, we're already part of a fan club. We've been lots of charity work for Raider with Raiders fans and stuff. And uh, I'll probably take over this next lot because before I was here, there was another restaurant here, and they had this wall open, and there was two spaces. So I'll probably do that if I'm if I'm able to coexist with them, which I'm very very which I very very much want to obviously. For, um, but we are also looking. Uh, we have a couple investors on the hook, and we're looking for money to go and. Uh, venture out in a couple different directions here also. My goal is to get about three of these going um, in different parts of the town and really put forth our message that, you know what, we're in Vegas and we can barbecue with the rest of them. Well, and, and even more important to that, what you're doing is unique. I mean, you've got a niche here that is not just your typical barbecue of whatever whatever region or style, and, and I think kind of saying Las Vegas-style barbecue is, is a great yeah. a great description of what you're doing here. Yeah, we have some funny. Every every one of our sandwiches are have funny names because we don't actually. They're not actually just a pulled pork sandwich. But they're actually three different versions of a pulled pork sandwich in one. And we have a one one my favorite we, one we called Household of Three. And if you translate that uh, into French, you know one of our favorite things is men, I'm sure. Um, and uh, you know we have a sandwich called the Jesse Mac, which is you know, has the middle bun and. Um, the Jesse Ray, the Jesse Ray sandwich is um, the sandwich. So when we were practicing competition, we actually uh, when 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 we have a bunch of pork left over, my wife, who the place is named after, and the sandwich is named after, actually um, does her sandwich exactly like that sandwich. So it's on a really great white bread that we get baked here. There's barbecue chips on the sandwich, uh, some of the white sauce, and so that's exactly how she she eats her sandwich. I put it on as a joke, and it turned out to be the most popular sandwich. Oh, yeah, so excellent. it's pretty funny, and um, yeah, so just like we do a lot of fun stuff. So we're not we're not the t- 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 typical typical barbecue restaurant. We're trying not to be, anyways. All right. Well, having eaten a good spread of the food, uh, you know, I would say if anyone's listening to this out in the Vegas area, uh, Jesse Ray's is definitely the best barbecue we've had in Vegas. Um, it would be unique if it was in Texas, and that's that's saying a lot because there's a lot of barbecue in Texas. Um, so I would have, I wish you guys the best. Um, uh, the Raiders would be fools to not have you here. Heck, they give could, them give them samples. I think that's th- kind of they the could have you in the stadium. There, yeah. We have that in Houston. Well, yeah. my my goal of this whole media uh, outreach thing that I've been doing is hopefully to be some rich guy's publicity stunt. <laughs> you know, hey, look, <laughs> don't protest. Look what we did. You know, don't <laughs> we, we actually gave the little guy and made him a big guy. So <laughs> yeah, no, excellent, Mike. It's great talking to you. Awesome. Um, I'm Thanks Brian. This is Andrew. Pleasure. Nice. Um, it, Chris has uh, disappeared, probably drinking another beer. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see everybody out on the barbecue trail. Awesome. Great luck. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Thank you for that endorsement. I'm very, very happy with that one. Thank you. <laughs>